Well, as you just saw in that uh, promo video there, there is so much going on right now in our world, in our life, especially here uh, in our little region of the world. We've um, now walked through two storms, and of course we had a pandemic before that. Now we've got all the unrest with uh, the election and all that's going along with that. And I just want to encourage you, just as you saw, is that there, and the Bible speaks on how we are to live our lives. And it really gives us a lot of wisdom. And so I want to share some, just a couple of things with you today of what, how the Word of God instructs us and how we should live our lives. And it's very important that we live according to Scripture because when we live according to Scripture, God promises us that we can live in peace. And that's so important because we need peace in turbulent times. And so I want to share some things with you today about this. But I want to backtrack just a little bit. You know, before uh, Hurricane Laura hit our region, we were actually in the middle of a series called For His Glory. And, um, you know, I got halfway through that series that I had planned and, and really felt that the Lord put in my heart. And then as we began to talk about what was coming and what, was, uh, what we were feeling led towards as far as to communicate, we uh, really had come to this idea and the thought of about being entangled and, and being just tangled up with the cares of this life and how those things can really begin to become a major distraction and pull us away from our God purpose that he has for us. And so that's really the heart behind this series, but it really kind of dovetails uh, really with that series that I left off with there, right there before Laura. And so I want to share just a scripture with you, and it comes out of 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to read this out of verse 4. But uh, Paul is writing to his spiritual son, Timothy. So he's like a father in the faith to this young man. And he gives him some wisdom here. And he says, soldiers don't get tied up, or let me say it another way, they don't get caught up in the affairs of civilian life. And he goes on, he says, for then they cannot please the officer who has enlisted them. Now, obviously, this has a military tone to it. But what Paul is communicating here is that we can't get, what, just distracted where we forget about the very purpose of why God has called us his own and why God has saved us. He didn't just save us so that we could go to heaven. He, he saved us so that we can have an impact in this world now. And so, you know, and I think that it's important that we keep this in mind because perspective changes everything. And when we have the right perspective, we view things through the proper lens. But when our per- perspective begins to change, it begins to get off um, and we begin to see things from a, a not right perspective, it also affects the way we live our life. It affects the way that we think. It affects the way that we feel, the way that we process information. Everything changes by perspective. And so I think that it's important that we understand that we're not just human beings who are having a spiritual experience. The reality is, is that we are spirit beings who are having a human experience. In other words, there's a very real part of you. You're not just the flesh that you see. There's a real part of you that the Bible says, because it says this flesh is decaying, but there's a part of you that's eternal, and that's your spirit, man. And and here Paul is really giving some instructions, saying, hey, don't get caught up just in in this natural life. Why? Because we serve an eternal spirit being God. And that's so important that we keep that as a focus is that we have this idea because we kind of live in two worlds, if you will. We have this natural world that we live in. 
And we ought to take care of our bodies. We need to take care of our homes. We need to take care of our personal business, yes. But that's not the, the ultimate life that we are living. The ultimate life that we live is as a spirit being. You know, and, and the Bible contrasts this multiple times, and it really lets us see this, and, and that we're just have the proper perspective viewing this life in the natural realm, but from a, an eternal standpoint or an eternal viewpoint. In other words, at the end of this life, it's not just over. It's just a transition into a new life, a spirit life that the Bible says is an eternal life. You know, Paul gave a warning in the book of Philippians, to us as believers, and he's really talking about those who have forsaken the faith, but he contrasts this here, and he says this about these people who he's given us a warning about. It comes out of Philippians chapter 3, I'm going to read verses 19 and 20, but it says that their God, being these people that he's given us a warning about, he's saying don't be like these people, he says their God is their appetite. It's those things that they desire. He says they brag about shameful things, and this is what I want you to see. It says they think only about this life here on earth. And he says, but we are citizens of heaven. In other words, remember where your home really is. Is that this time on earth is temporary. The Bible says it's like a vapor. I mean, the older I get, I feel like the faster that time goes. It just seems like a year is quicker. I remember when I was young, it seemed like that it, it took forever for my birthday to come back around. It seems now they come really more, a lot, with a lot more frequency, a lot faster. And, and it seems like time is just picking up speed as I get older. And yet, but Paul tells us here, don't become just so focused on this natural life. He says, we are citizens of heaven. He says, where Jesus is, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ lives, he says, and we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. And that's so important that we keep that mindset is that we are eagerly looking forward to a date that Jesus is coming back. Now, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about um, the time frames and some of, of, you know, is this the end? Are we there yet? Kind of deal. You know, and we've been talking about that and, and, and nobody knows the exact day or hour or time I agree with. But what I can tell you is that there are many signs that help point us in a direction. And we ought to be living with that point of view, that perspective in mind. Because here's the reality. Whether we die or whether Jesus returns, our life we, ends with us standing before the Lord. So it doesn't matter really the time frames per se of how that happens. The end is still ends in the same result. And here, it, Paul tells us that we are what, eagerly awaiting the return of Christ. And that's an important thing for us. And so what a proper perspective gives us, and this is why it's so important, is that it gives us clarity. It, it keeps us focused on the right things and not distracted by the wrong things. And see, life just take out hurricanes, take out pandemic, take out all these other things, take out the election. You take out all of those things and life can just get complicated anyways. And then you add in a pandemic, then you add in these storms, then you add in the chaos of the world in which we find ourselves in right now. And life has a way of what just pulling us away and that it, what happens. And it's not like these um, massive changes all at once necessarily. Many times it's just a gradual, slow little drift. You could use another word, which would be to wander away from your purpose. You know, I know that there are times that God speaks to me things, but just through the course of time, and that's why I believe it's so important to write down the things that the Lord drops in our hearts. Why? So that we can go back and read those things 
to remind ourselves that maybe it was a promise from the Lord. Maybe it was something that God spoke to us in the past. But I think it's so important and it's such a powerful thing to go back and to reread those things that God has spoken to us in the past. Underline scriptures in your Bible. Make notes in the margins. I mean, things like that. Why? Because when we go back to it, it provides such strength. And I believe that it's important and it keeps us, what, from drifting. It keeps us from wandering. The word drift by definition means a gradual shift in attitude or position. A gradual shift in our attitude. The things that we used to be passionate about, maybe we've lost sight of them and therefore we're not as passionate as we used to be. The word wander defined means that it means to move without a fixed course, aim, or goal. And I think that that is so important that if we can keep our perspective and our focus in the right place, understanding why we are here, why we have been saved, why God has uh, put his life on the inside of us, then it gives us the understanding of why we're here and what we are to be doing. Because we can know why we're here, but if we're not doing anything about it, then what's the point, right? But God has given us some very clear instructions and he wants us to stay focused on what? Building his kingdom. You know, Jesus said it this way, and, and we have a, are very crucial in this. In Matthew, he says that I would build my church. Well, how do you build the church? It's by another person coming to the knowledge of Jesus, coming to the knowledge of salvation, coming to the knowledge of the life and the goodness of God. That's how the kingdom of God is built. And we have a part to play in that. It's not just that Jesus did everything on the cross, although he accomplished it all on the cross. I'm not saying that, but actually seeing that come to fulfillment in people's lives, we have a part to play in that. And so, you know, I've shared this with you multiple times in the past, and I want to remind you of it again. It's this, it's this statement is that we haven't simply been saved from something. Is that we've been saved for a redemptive purpose. In other words, let me rephrase it a little bit. Is that you aren't simply saved from your sins and that's the end of the story. Actually, when we become alive unto God, that's actually just chapter one. That's the introduction to our story. That's not the end of the story. That's the beginning of the story that God wants to write through our lives. And I think that's such a, a powerful thing that we have to keep sight of. I love when Paul told uh, some of his followers, he says that you are my epistles that have been written on, on your hearts. See, we are writing our biblical chapter with our life right now. And Paul here tells us is that what? We are living epistles. In other words, we are the word of God in flesh to the world around us. It's not written on the page of a book. It is the life that we live, the life that we communicate to others, how we live this life. And so we haven't simply been saved just from our sins, and that's the end of the story. No, we've been saved to fulfill God's purpose in and through our lives. And this is so important because I think that if we're not careful, we'll just take on the thought or the attitude that Jesus has done everything, and I'm just waiting for him to come back. And by doing that and by thinking that way, we're actually missing out on some of the greatest moments and the greatest opportunity in our lives. And that's to what? Bring glory and honor to God. By what? By doing the very thing that he has called us and created us and saved us for. We're not just waiting for the day to come. We are living in the day right now to impact people. You know, I believe that one of the ways that I can communicate this is, you know, is that I believe that we are all like frontline workers right now in the earth. 
You know, a frontline worker is not the guy who sits back and waits for everybody else. A frontline worker is on the front line. They're one of the first ones in. They're there to help. They're there to be there when people need them the most. Many times in some of the worst circumstances and situations. You know, my mind, when I think about this, immediately takes me back to 9-11. And we saw firemen and policemen and, and medical workers and all these people who, when everybody else was running away... They were running in. They were running to save people, to help people. Why? Because that's who they are. That's their, that's their calling. That, that's, that's, it's just how they're made up. And, you know, uh, by definition, a frontline worker is someone who provides direct services when and where they are needed the most. See, as believers, I believe that we are called to be frontline kind of people. We're not called to be in the back line. We're not called to just sit back and be passive and just pray and wait. I believe in prayer 100%. If you know me very well, I believe in the power of prayer. But if all we ever do is pray, but we never put any action to our prayer, does it really accomplish much? Because I believe what happens when we pray And then when we step out and begin to move into what God does, it becomes supernatural. Now, if we never pray and all we do is do a bunch of stuff, there's no real power in that to see the transformation that Jesus died so that all of us could experience. But when we pray and we do, we put our hands to the plow, if you will, God can do some amazing things through us if we trust him. And even way beyond what we think that we have the ability or the capacity to do. And so how do we practically do this? Let's see, I, I believe that one of the main thoughts that I would share with you is in, in how we do this is that we have to keep in mind why we are here, but also in who we represent If we're going to keep from being entangled and just caught up in the affairs of this life and all the pressures that are on us right now, we have to remember who we serve and why we are here and what impact are we trying to make. I'm not trying to just survive this moment. I want to come out of this season stronger than I came into it. I want to leave 2020 in a better place, even spiritually, physically, in all aspects of, I want to come out of 2020 stronger than I entered it on January 1. Well, that means I need to make some decisions. I've got to be focused. You know, this year we started off in January with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And one of the things that I challenged you with was to ask the Lord, what was his purpose for 2020 for you? And I want to remind you, you may need to go back and and look through your devotional and see the notes that you wrote down and the things that God may have stirred up in you because we're in November. Well, go back and look and say, have I, have I been diligent? Have I been focused on the things that God put in my heart in January? Because now I'm in November. Because there's still time. There's still time to make those decisions and to make those choices, to move towards what God has for you. And so I encourage you to do that. But I want to give you another example of another way that I believe in how we can practically impact the world around us. And it comes out of a verse in Psalms uh, It's chapter 112. I'm going to read verses 6 through 8 out of the Passing Translation. But I want you to to hear, and I've even highlighted some words here on the screen for you, just to kind of, so you know what I want to emphasize a little bit. But he says, now he's talking about believers here. He's talking about those who trust in the Lord. I would encourage you to go read this, this Psalm 112. 
Go read it from verse 1 and read it through. Because it, it really contrasts those who know the Lord and those who don't. But just for the sake of time, I'm going to read you three verses here. But he says, their circumstances, now he's talking about those who trust in the Lord. Their circumstances will never shake them. Now think about that. Their circumstances will never shake them. It didn't say that only the circumstances that they would handle wouldn't shake them. It says all circumstances will never shake them. And now, and here's the key part. And others will never forget their example. See, if you want to be like a frontline kind of Christian, then we have to live in a way that offers strength to other people. And it doesn't, look, we are all human and we all have moments. I mean, we've all had our own moments through all that's been going on. I'm not saying that we should never, you know, we're not robots. We have emotions, we have feelings, we have things that, and things we have to process through mentally. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is, where do we come back to? Do we stay in despair? Do we stay in those places of anxiety? Or do we come back to the Word of God? Do we get our attention and our perspective back to where it needs to be on the promises of God? Why? Because when we can do that, it keeps us from becoming bogged down and entangled by this life. And so he goes on here. He says that their circumstances will never shake them and others will never forget their example. It goes on, it says, they will not live in fear or dread of what may come. For their hearts are firm and are ever secure in their faith, in their trust, in their hope in the Lord. He says, steady and strong, they will not be afraid, but will calmly face every foe until they go down in defeat. What a powerful scripture. See, I believe that we are called to what? To live And to make an impact. And one of the greatest ways we do that is just how we live our lives. How we conduct our business day to day. These things are so important because why? It's not just for us. No, we want to live from a place of strength. Because when we have strength, that means that we can give it to those who maybe aren't as strong in those moments. And that's such an important thing because we're never to live for ourselves or just for this natural life. We are to live with one eye here, but one eye in heaven. Because we have an eternal home that the Bible says that there will be rewards for how we've lived this life. And so I believe that it's so important is that in these things, we go first. We lead the way. How can we tell somebody to how to live in strength if we don't have strength? How can we tell somebody to live in joy and peace if we don't have it? We can't do that unless we have it, but we go first so that we can lead others forward to make steps of progress moving forward. This is so important because whether you believe this or not, I believe that from scripture and from what I can really interpret from scripture is that God wants every one of us to be a leader. Every one of us has a sphere of influence. Every one of us has an impact in the world around us. So wherever you find yourself, regardless of the season that you're in, you can what? You can set the pace. You can set the tone for other people. And so wherever you find yourself, lead there. You know, here a while back, I I just kind of adopted this motto and and I I read it somewhere and and I just kind of, you know, Through the hurricanes and through all this stuff, I just kind of created... And another way to say a personal motto is this, is that, hey, it's a battle cry for me. It's just something that has motivated me. And it's a real simple thing. And it's this. It says, lead, don't lag. 
That's been kind of my battle cry through some of the, the, um, the aftermath of these hurricanes, the storms, the pandemic, all these things that are going on, is that that's been kind of my personal driving thing, is that I want to lead, I don't want to lag behind, I don't want to find myself behind the circumstances, I want to get out in front of them. And that's my challenge to you today, is that I want you, don't lag behind don't just kind of follow into the status quo or like, well, this is normal. No, set the tone because other people are watching you, whether you realize it or not, and they will follow your lead. That's what it says here in uh, Psalms 112. It says our circumstances will never sh- shake us and others will never forget our example. And that's so important that we understand these things. And so how do you do this? I believe that number one, we do it with our countenance. Now, our countenance, you can look at it many different ways, but it's our mental composure. It's the calm expression. Like when Jesus was in the back of the boat and there was a massive storm that rose up, his countenance was different than the rest of the disciples that were in the boat with him. But because of their countenance, why? Because they were afraid. They thought they were going to die. They thought all of these things, they couldn't do anything about the storm. But when Jesus rose up, His countenance was different, and he was able to calm that storm. So my encouragement to you is this, is that with your countenance, with your attitude, with your your mental and your spiritual composure, that calm expression of the grace and the peace of God on the inside of you, lead yourself first. (laughs) That's so important because we have to lead ourselves first. With that calmness, that peace that comes only from the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us, I love this scripture, but it says that it's the peace that passes all understanding. That means that we should have calm and peace when everybody else is going, you should be freaking out right now. But no, there's a peace on the inside of me that, man, I can turn to and and, and get into in a place of worship, in a place of prayer, through reading the word of God and encouraging myself that that peace can come. And that's one of the, such a major part of not being entangled by the cares of this life is we have to live from a place of peace, which is a place of strength. And so by your countenance, by your mental and spiritual um, composure, lead yourself first. From that same countenance, you can lead your family well during this time. You ought to be the anchor for your family. You ought to be the one that they're calling and saying, hey, can I just talk to you? Can you pray for me? Be that peace, be that anchor, that, that solidifying force in your family. Whether you have a spouse or children or, or whatever it may be, maybe it's extended family. And you ought to be the one and you can be the one to have the strength to offer other people. That you could be the example that other people would follow. Another place that you could do this is with your countenance, lead your neighbor's. Don't act freaked out with everybody. Don't just jump in. You begin to declare the word of God when other people are griping and complaining and whining. You declare God's promises. You declare God's word over your circumstances. Why? Because all the griping and the complaining and the whining about circumstances will never change anything. It won't. All your worry, all of your anxiety, all the fussing and the fighting and all that comes with that moment won't change anything. But your faith can change everything. I'm going to say that again because it was really good. All your fussing and fighting won't change anything. But your faith can change everything. Your faith, and you're like, well, what does that mean? What is faith? It's simply believing that what God says is true. 
believing that God's word, his promises to you are true. That's faith. It's just saying, that's what God said, and I choose to believe that as fact in my life. That's faith. And I believe that we can do that. Another place that we can to, to really lead is, specifically with our countenance, is lead in your work. Lead in the world in which you have. When everybody else complains, man, alter the conversation. Send it a different direction. You begin to, to encourage people. When they're discouraged, you begin to encourage them. That word discourage, when you break it down, it's discourage. It means to remove courage. The word to encourage is to in, E-N, which actually means to put courage in. So when people are discouraged, they're despondent, they're frustrated, you begin to speak words of life over them. You begin to speak God's word over them. And you're going to watch their attitude. Their countenance will begin to change. Why? Because your countenance was different. See, not only do we, can we not get entangled with this life, we can help other people not get entangled with this life as well. See, I believe that we do this for one reason. And one reason alone is because all that we are, the life that we live, it's all for the glory of God. It's all to point people to him. You know, and one last thought for you this morning, and I, and I, I want to share this with you because I believe that we are leaders. But we're not rogue leaders who are just serving our own interest. We're not just do what we want, for what we want, when we want. It's, that's not the way that, that the scriptures give us. Paul gave us an instruction in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. And he says, follow me as I follow Christ. See, we are called to be leaders, but we are servant leaders. In other words, we are submitted to someone else, even while we lead. And this is so important because when we're submitted leaders, we serve the interest of the one who has called us. And that gives us great strength. That gives us great understanding is that I'm not just here to serve my own interest. I'm here to do what? To serve the one who enlisted me. I'm here for his glory. See, Paul, I'll remind you of that scripture in 2 Timothy 2 that I read earlier. And we're going to wrap up this morning. But he, it, it's, Paul gave the instructions and said, Soldiers don't get tied up with the affairs of civilian life. For when that happens, when they get, it, when they get uh, tied up, when they get tangled up in the affairs of this civilian life, they cannot please the officer who has enlisted them. See, every one of you have been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. It's not by mistake that you are here at this moment in this season of time. God has called you. God has enlisted you. And he has placed you into a sphere of influence for you to impact the world around you. But it's so important that we keep what? Focused. That we don't lose sight of why we're here. Because right now there's so much going on. And it would be so easy to lose sight and to forget about the purpose and the reason that God has you here. And so I want to pray over you this morning as we're wrapping up this message today. I hope that it's stirred you up. I hope that it's kindled a fire on the inside of you a little bit. To not forget about why you're here. Because God has an amazing purpose for your life to be able to move forward. So I'd like to pray for you this morning before we close out today. Father God, I just thank you right now. Father, I thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that you're moving upon hearts right now. Father, I thank you uh, that with all that's going on, Father, I thank you for clarity in our life, clarity in our hearts. Father, that we would see and understand and, and recognize what you have called us to. 
During this season, during this time, Father, I thank you that you would help us to see opportunities to impact others. But, Father, I thank you that you help us to to lead ourselves first, to to lead our own hearts and to lead um, our own thoughts and our own um, things that we would focus on. Father, I thank you that there's all these things that are trying to rob us and distract us and pull us away from being who you've called us to be. And so, Father, I ask you right now to help us to remain focused on what's most important. Father, and that's upon uh, leading people to you, that helping people know who Jesus is and what he has done for them. Father, that ultimately they could come into relationship with you. Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.